blesses them on that day, saying, In you, Klal Yisrael will always bless their children and say, Yisimcha Elohim Kefrayim V'chemenasha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should make you, my children, as great as Ephraim and Menashe. Rashi says, Yisrael, Whenever a person in the future will come and want to give their children a blessing, they will bless their children with this bracha, V'yaymar ish and a man will say to his son, Yisimcha Eloikim Ke'afrayim Mechemenasha. This is the beautiful Nusach. This is the formula that Yaakov Avino composed that whenever a father wants to bench his son, this is what he should say. Yisimcha Eloikim Ke'afrayim Mechemenasha. HaKadosh should make you just like Ephraim and Menasha. And this indeed is a bracha that Klal Yisrael does, in fact, bless their children with. It's interesting, there's a Targum Yainasan ben Uziel on this Pasuk, which says, Bach Yaisef is something that is a very emotional bracha. There's a beautiful story that I heard once that a father, as he was walking home Friday night, he, was, he had a guest for Shabbos, so he was escorting this guest to his house. This guest happened to be, uh, I think, somebody in the medical uh, field. And he was saying how to be raised in a semi-from way. But against all odds, Yasef managed to educate them and to raise them. Even in the worst climate in the world to raise a child... They managed to become Ephraim and Menashe. And so Yaakov Avinu understood prophetically that there would be a time that Klai Yisrael was not surrounded by Anani HaKavid in the Midbar. They were not going to be standing on Har Sinai with Kailas Subrakim. They were not going to be in Eretz Yisrael with the Beis HaMikdash. They were going to be in countries like Spain. They were going to be in countries like Germany, and like Russia, and like America. And things would be very difficult. There would be tremendous challenges to retaining our Yiddishkeit, retaining our Yerushalayim. Yaakovino understood that there would be a day that we would all have iPhones in our pockets, and that we would have the entire world at our fingertips, literally. How do you raise a child in that climate, in that environment that could honestly be God-fearing? There's only one way, and that's by blessing a child that he should be like Ephraim and Menashe. Somehow, some way, the dischus that Yasef had to be able to raise a child against all odds, or children against all odds, even in the Tomas Ha'aretz, even in the Tomas Mitzrayim, is something that was so incredible that Yaakov said, this is what I want to ensconce for all times as a bracha 
that you should be like Ephraim and Manasseh, every child, on the day of his meal, on the day of his pigeon aben, on the day of his bar mitzvah, on the day of his chasna, on every Friday night, in every Arab Yom Kippur, on every opportunity to bench a child, it should be with the refrain of Yisimcha Lekim Ephraim and Manasseh. I want you to be able to be strong like Ephraim and Manasseh to somehow hermetically seal yourself from the Tumma so that you're able to, be, to, to catch a little Kedusha or a lot of Kedusha. This is something that is very important when we're benching our child to think about. This chos of raising an Ephraim and Manasseh even in Mitzrayim is something incredible. And the additional Milo that the Mepharshim speak about, Ephraim and Menasheh, is that they did something also that was quite amazing. They bucked the trend. What does that mean, they bucked the trend? Normally, we know that there's a concept of Yeridas Hadairis. Yeridas Hadairis is generally used in a cynical sense. You know, if a Rebbe is saying about his current Talmidim relative to his old Talmidim, um, how, how shvach they had become, and I used to have great Talmidim, and now Nebuch, I don't. Ah, you read us a diarist. The diarists have, every generation goes down lower and lower and lower, like a gravitational pull of Tumah as the years go by, as the generations pass. Advised him to name it. In the Hakdama, it says that they were sitting in the sukkah trying to think of a name for the Sefer, and his wife said, I have a great idea, call it Yitzchak Yiranin. Because your name, the words for Rebbe's name was Yitzchak Daiv HaLevi, and, and the, the Maritz Geis, who was the person that put out, that, that the Sefer is from, who brought all this terror from the Gainim, his name was Yitzchak as well. So to combine those two Yitzchak, she said, call it Yitzchak Yiranin, and he listened to her. So it's called Yitzchak Yiranin slash Shari Simcha. Shari Simcha is... Um, the name of the uh, Sefer and Yisrael Giran is the name of the actual commentary that he wrote on the Sefer. In any event, so this is the, the Torah of the Ga'inim, the Torah of the Savaram. We can't imagine who they were, how great they were. If the Rishayim were Kemalachim, we can imagine the generations before them. And Ravaran Kotlu did not just use his words lightly. He said that the Vilna Gain from the time of the Savairam and the Gain like Kam Kamayu, we never had somebody like him. He leapfrogged all across time, over the Achrainim, over the Rishainim, all the way to the Tkufa of the Gainim and the Savairam, the Vilna Gain. Lived in the 1700s, not so long ago. This is the Bracha of Yisimcha Lekim Kephraim Chemenasheh. You shouldn't be stuck in your tkufa, but if you work really hard, then you'll be able to accomplish such greatness that you could leapfrog through time. You could buck the trend of Yeridas Adairis. There was once a dibuk in Radin, the city of the Chavetz Chaim, and this dibuk was inside of a girl. There's many such stories um, throughout history, but Rebbe Chanan and other Talmidim of the Chavetz Chaim were involved in exercising the, um, the, the, the Dibbuk out of this girl. 
But before they did, they wanted to sort of interrogate the Dibbuk and see what's going on in Shamayim. They asked the Dibbuk, what do they say about our Rebbe, the Chafetz Chaim, in Shamayim? And the Dibbuk said that the Chafetz Chaim in Shamayim is considered to be a Tana. He's like a Tana. So now we're going back even further than, than the Savayram and the Gainim. We had a Chavetz Chaim who lived Mamish not so long ago. How old? The Chavetz Chaim was Nifter in, in what year? 1920? 1933. 1933, the Chavetz Chaim was not so long ago. It's less than 100 years ago. There was a person that roamed planet Earth within 100 years of us who was as great as a Tana. Not as an Amir, as a Tana. Amazing. There's no such thing as you read the Sadairis. If you try hard enough and the Rabbi Shalom gives you Siat Nishmaya, you could be greater than your parents, than your grandparents, and your great grandparents. It's possible such a thing. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said about Ramesha Feinstein that when you look at Ramesha Feinstein, you are able to be masig in his image how the Rishonim looked. There are people that said that Ramesha, if he would have lived in the times of the Chassam Seif, he would have been considered the Gadoladar as well. It's an amazing, this is something amazing. I mean, if you understand history and if you understand how difficult it is to go against the Eridas Hadairis. This is incredible. This is all the bracha that Yaakov Avinu told all future parents to bless your child with Simcha Lekim Kefrayim Menashe because Ephraim and Menashe showed that this is possible. Ephraim and Menashe Kuru'ubei Not just that they were raised in Mitzrayim. That would give them every excuse in the book to not even be from. But they were from, they were B'nai Torah, and they were elevated through their tenacity, through their Asmada, through their Kedusha, through their Tara, to the Madrega of the Shiftei And finally, a third shot in the greatness of Ephraim and Menashe. And why they were chosen as being the role models of all future prophets. And this is from the Chassam Seifer. The Chassam Seifer says that there was a difference between Ephraim and Menashe. They were both Gedalim, no doubt, but they each represented something different. Ephraim learned by Yaakov Avinu. He was a Talmud Mubuk of Yaakov Vino during the, those last 17 years that Yaakov Vino was living in Mitzrayim. Every day Ephraim went and learned with him the Chavrusa, was Yainik from him, all the Tyro, all the Messiah. He was the God of Adar Ephraim. Menashe did not. Menashe was also great that he was great more in a worldly sense. We see that he was part of the royal palace. He served as the maturgamon between Yosef and his brothers. He was the translator. 
He was a mover and shaker, if you will. He was somebody that was very powerful, very affluent, very successful in a worldly sphere. The Chassam Seifer says that when a parent benches a child, it's a bracha that I want my child to be a combination of Ephraim and Menashe. To be able to synthesize the Kayach that Ephraim was with the Gadlos in Mili Alma that Menashe was into one. What we call, what Chazal really called, Taira Ugedullah There were certain people throughout history that were Zaychat to be able to be a combination of Taira plus Gedullah. Being tremendous Tamachacham plus a very powerful, influential figure in the world. Interesting, the Chassam Sefer himself, who said this part, once was masked, he gave a hesped for somebody in his own dar, in his own kufa. And he called him during the hesped, he says, this is a remnant of somebody who had taira ugedul makanechad. Who is he talking about? The Bethrayim Zalman Nargolus. The Rafael John Margolis is somebody that, if I would have time to write a biography, he is who I would write a biography about. An incredible personality. You've all heard of the Sefer because it's in the Mishnabura constantly in the in, in Chelek Shishi about Halachas of Elul, Roshani and Kippur, Sukkis. He always quotes the Mata Ephraim. The Mata Ephraim was written by this man, Rafael John Margolis. He wrote. Shuvasvarim, he wrote Kedushim, he wrote many, many svarim, the Adathayim, many, many svarim that the, that the Rebbe Fahim Zalm Margolis wrote. So he was a world-class Hamachacham, his Shuvas were written to the Chassam Seifer, they had correspondence, if you're corresponding with the Chassam Seifer, back and forth in Halacha, you're probably a pretty, pretty massive Hamachacham yourself. And fascinatingly, the same individual of Rafaim Zal Margolis was also perhaps one of the richest men in the world. He had started a bank in Vienna, I believe, and the bank prospered, and he became like I guess in this in the in, in dollars today, he'd be a billionaire. The same person who corresponded with the Hasam Seifer in Halacha, the same person that wrote the classic Sefer Matat Ryan, was a person that was a billionaire. He would be on the Forbes list of the world's richest people. Can you imagine such a magnet for Mesha Feinstein happened to also be as rich as Bill Gates? Can you imagine such a thing? That would be pretty impressive. But the Chassam Seifer called Rabbi Ephraim Zalm Margolis Tayro Gedul Makemechad He was the embodiment of having Tayro and greatness at the same time. He continues his bargain and he says Vayasem Es Ephraim Rufei Menashe 
even when you're stressing to your child that I want you to be a big Talmud Chacham, and I want you also to be great, I want you to make a nice Parnassah, I want you to be a, a professional of some sort, I want you to make a nice living, be respected, have a, have a, a career, or whatever it may be, by Yasem Esafarim with Neymanashev. You should know that the Ephraim that I want you to be takes precedence to Manasseh that I want you to be. Yes, it's important to be successful in life. It's important for you to have a thriving business, a successful practice, a great career, climbing the ladder of success. That's all wonderful. But it's only wonderful if Ephraim comes before Manasseh. If you're able to prioritize the Torah over the Gedula. If you're saying that Gedula is number one and Agav, you know, I want you to learn a little bit, that's not the bracha of Yisim Chalikim Kephraim of Menashe. The bracha of Yisim Chalikim Kephraim of Menashe, and that's why he switched his hands. And he put Ephraim before Menashe, even though Menashe was the Bechar, was because he understood that Ephraim and Menashe were both so great. They were both paradigms of greatness. Role models for all times. That Ephraim must be before Menashe. And this was done in the presence of Menashe. Menashe should know that Ephraim is primary. Menashe should understand that as important as I may be, as powerful as I am, but a Kamachacham is, is it. Ephraim is it. I just went this week to the Chaim Berlin dinner. And the president of Chaim Berlin is a, uh, a very, very wealthy man. Very big realist, a huge, huge, huge career. But he also dedicates his life to supporting Chaim Berlin and other yeshivas. Tremendous called tzedakah. And every day himself he learns in the base Medrash for a few hours. Very impressive. He has a chabrusa every morning in the Chaim and he has a, like a driver in a fancy car that takes him to his office in Manhattan. And for the rest of the day, he's, he's wheeling and dealing. But he's a, he's a very, you know, he looks like a big Rosh Hashiva, and he speaks every year by the dinner. And I told, I told, I just told him after the dinner, you know, you always steal the show. Every time, no matter what they're doing at the dinner, he always says like such a powerful bar. But basically, his, 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 his bars, his, his refrain, if you will, his go-to hashkafa, is that he's mevatel himself, and all balabatim in the room. There's 1,900 people in the room. Most of them are are balabatim that are supporters of the yeshiva. He says we're nothing to the talmidim chacham in the room. He says that the and this is a quote from you know earlier people says that the das of Balabatim is the opposite of das Haira. Which means if you want to know what das Haira is, you ask a Balabas. And this is not a put down to Balabatim. He's a, a Balabas and he's saying it about himself. So I can quote him. He says, the das of a, if you go and ask a Balabas, what do you think about uh, the maximum in Eretz the draft in Eretz Listen to what he says and know that 180 degrees is what the das Haira is. Whatever he says, what do you think about going to college? Whatever he says, do the opposite. That's true. That, that's the das of Balabatim. You don't need, a, you don't need even das there. You, just go, you need Balabatim. Just go and ask about Balabas and eat some and do the opposite. But Yasem is a friend of Neymanasheh. 
Menashe has to understand that Ephraim is elevated above him. He might be supporting the Ephraim. If he would pull the plug on supporting the Ephraims of the world, Ephraim would theoretically run out of electricity in the base medrash and food in the dining room. And that's true. But Ephraim is primary. Ephraim is the main player. And this is true for all of us. It's true for the blessing that we give to our children, but it's true for the blessing that we give ourselves. We all want to be Tamidi Chachamim, and we all want to be successful in life. And we should be both. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. That's a good thing. But it has to be that Ephraim comes before Menashe. It has to be that we understand the preeminence of Ephraim in our life over the Menashe in our life. This of Ephraim Zami Margolis, just to go back to him for a second, who was the embodiment of Torah Gadul Makamachan in the words of the Hassan Seifer. I want to tell you an amazing story about him. One of many amazing stories. But I think it really shows what we're saying today. It demonstrates it so beautifully. Rabbi Fahim Zalman, as rich as he was, he delegated a lot of the company, a lot of the, the business over to managers so that he was able to learn as much as he could and write the Mechadish. And he had a policy. His policy was that he learns every day until a certain hour. I don't know what hour it was. Let's say 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And he, during those times of the morning, from whenever he woke up and davened, until that time, that was Kaddish Kadashim. He was learning in his private room, and he was not to be disturbed no matter what. Nothing should be able to disturb him. This is a very powerful man. You have to remember who this was. This was, uh, you know literally like the rich, one of the richest men in the world. People were howling to, to do business with him and to speak to him and to ask him favors. No one is supposed to interrupt my learning. My learning is Kadashim. I don't want to be interrupted at all. One day, there was a knock on his home and his, his butler, who told, don't ever disturb me, opens up the door and he sees in front of him the equivalent of Warren Buffett, the Shaikha. Obviously, we're going back to the, you know, to the 1800s, early 1800s. He sees the, the richest man in the world, and he starts getting a little nervous. The butler. It was early. It was in the early morning hours when the when the Margolis was already learning in his study. And he said, uh, Mr. Buffett, uh, welcome to the Margolis home. Uh, what can I do for you? He says, well, I, I want to speak to Rabbi Margolis. He says, what is it concerning? He says, I have come here to offer him a deal that he will never refuse. If he does this deal with me, I don't need to do it, do it with him. I could do it on my own, but I want to include him. He does this deal with me. His wealth will quadruple. 
he will literally have made a 300, 400% profit on his money. It's an incredible deal. Trust me, he wants to get in on this deal. So Butler now is torn. Maybe when Rabbi Chaim Zalman told him not to be disturbed, that means, you know, for, for maybe, uh, you know, some collectors or from, uh, you know, some low-level business offers. But this is like an opportunity of a lifetime. What do I do? I don't want him to be upset with me at 1 o'clock that how could I not let Warren Buffett into the house and to meet? So he basically doesn't know back and forth, back and forth, finally just says, you know what, I'm going to go in. So he knocks on the door of the study, he puts his head in, and he says, uh, you know, I know that you told me not to disturb you, and he was like in the middle of learning the Dusha with Ara, and he picks up his head from the Gemara, and he's angry, he says, what are you disturbing me for? You know that I'm in the middle of my learning. And he says, I know, but I think you might want to know that Mr. Buffett is here from Omaha and he, he has a, an offer that you can't refuse, he says. He says, I told you that the time that I'm here is Yehar Valyava. I am not to be disturbed for anyone in the world, anyone in the world. I don't want, this is my time for learning. And he closes the door and he goes back to this very wealthy individual and he says, I'm sorry, please come back at one o'clock. Now I know you think that you know the end of the story, that Mr. Buffett was so impressed by Rabbi Margolis's Hasmada that he waited to one o'clock and he gave him a bigger percentage of the deal. He got wealthier. That's not what happened though. What happened was that he got so upset, he was so offended by the fact that he slept here to offer a deal of the century to Rafayim Zalman and he didn't even have the ability to see him, to meet with him, that he stormed off and he says, I will never ever do business with him and you could tell him that he lost a billion dollars today. At one o'clock when Rafayim Zalman came out of his room and he was so low upset, he says, what happened? So he says, well, I'm sorry to tell you, he said, you will never do business, you'll never eat lunch in this town again, and you will not, uh, you, you've basically been black, blacklisted from, from him and from all of his associates, and it wasn't a good move maybe. Rafaim Zalman started singing and dancing to the news that he had lost that killer deal. And he said that the reason is very simple that I'm happy. He says, how does the Rabbeinu Shalom judge the schar that we get in Shemayim for mitzvahs? Is it that we all put on film this morning and we all get the exact same unit of schar for that Misa mitzvah? He says, no. The schar that Akrishvah gives you for the Asiyah mitzvah is by what are you willing to give up for the mitzvah? You wanted to stay in bed and not come to Davin this morning. It was raining and it was dark and it was dreary. So it's nice and toasty in bed. It's Friday morning. I had a chum at 12 o'clock last night. The last thing I want to do is get up and Davin with Sibor and Yeshiva with my Carlson's filling. And you do it. The schach for that is Ayam Menaira. Because of what you sacrificed, what you could have done and you didn't for the sake of your mitzvah. 
Because I never knew what my tire was worth until today. Now I could go up to Shemaim and I could say that my tire is literally worth a billion dollars an hour. Billion dollars. That's how much my tire is worth because I gave up so much for my tire. Now that puts a price tag on the tire as being priceless. Was somebody who was a real Ephraim. He had Makimacha, but he put Ephraim before Menasha. He made Ephraim into the mainstay of his life. His tire was the it was immutable, it wasn't movable, it wasn't changeable. This is who I am. I, but I could make a lot more money if I had worked this and I worked that and I do this and I do that and I would give up this Seder and that Seder. But if I must have come before Menashe, if Menashe is constantly jostling Ephraim out of position, every deal and every opportunity, I take that over my, my Seder, that's not the bracha that Yaakov wanted. That's not Terebidu Makamechad. Karagadul Makamecha does not mean that you happen, you're a Gavir that happens to when he can learn. It means that you're a Tamad Chacham, your Taira is Kedah, your Malachta is Arai, and you will get greatness in both, but the Ephraim is the main. These are the blessings that a parent gives a child. The Yamadimahota, the day that he has a bris, comes into the bris of Ramavino, the Simchalakim Kafanacha Menasha, Pijna Ben, Khasanov, Tayrachupamasan Taivan. Every Shabbos you go into Shabbos of Kedusha. This is what I want from you. I want you to be great. I want you to be able to even indulge us. Whether the storm of all of the traps of Gaulus, all the tumma of Gaulus, all the decadence of Gaulus, try to stay strong, stay Shabbosted. I want you to have Kfitza Sadaris, not Yurida Sadaris. I want you to be as great as I am and greater. Don't say, well, all the kids in my class are doing this and that. I don't care. I want you to be as great as your Rebbe, as great as your Rebbe's Rebbe. All the way back, you could jump to the Sabayon, to the Tanoim if you want. The Vilna Gaim used to say, as a play on his own name, Vilna Gaim, he says, Vilnar Gaim. Vilnar means in Yiddish, he says, if you only wish it, you could be a Gaim. Vilnar Gaim. You could also be a Gaim. You just have to want it. If you want it bad enough, by Hasmada, by spending time in the base Medrash, by not being distracted by every ding and every ring and every and every text and every email that's so easy for all of us to get lured to and taken by, we could be a Gain also. But Gain wasn't born with necessarily a special that we don't have his parents and our parents did as well and finally the ability to 
seek Tyra Gadula, that's good. But it has to be that Ephraim is before Menashe. You should have Ephraim and Menashe in you. You should have the Tamachacham in you, and you should have a successful person in you, in, in worldly matters, that's all good and fine, provided that Ephraim has priority in your life over the, over the Menashe in you. Yes, Hashem, we should all be zeichet to having this bracha mekoyim by us and by our children, our grandchildren, Yes, Hashem. Atzayt kol adayres, the Rabbi Hashem should constantly bestow bracha and atzlocha and kedusha each and every one of us. Have a good Shabbat.